It is a spring football edition of the Golden Blue Nation podcast brought to you by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawFirm.com. Nick Farrell here with you, and today is Tuesday, March 22nd. West Virginia held its first spring practice of the season. Neil Brown's fourth offseason with the team entering his fourth full year as head coach of the Mountaineers and really the team's first true offseason since he took over the program in 2019. Joining me to set the stage for spring football is, of course, our Mountaineer football insider, Angelica Trinone, who's been hard at work covering the team already. Now that basketball season's over, Angelica, this is really... Uh, been your focus for the last few weeks. Yeah, I want to bring up what you had said about being the first true offseason for this program since 2019. And if you had a chance to listen to Coach Brown's full press conference, then you would know from the very beginning, he said he thinks that that has already shown in his program that one of my takeaways, Nick, I know we'll get into things a little bit uh, in the nitty gritty here, but that he had said there were so many people strength-wise who have come along a lot farther than people did last year due, due to be able to having that full winter workout session. Um, he had alluded that we'd be able to see some of these changes in body types when we get to see them on Thursday. But for me, that was one of the main takeaways that this team physically could look pretty different having the opportunity to have that full winter workout session. Yeah, so we are recording this podcast on Tuesday. Thursday, we'll get our first look at these Mountaineers as reporters are invited to attend practice Thursday morning before press conference. Mountaineers have 14 practices. One of them's in the books. One of them is the final practice, which is the spring game, the annual Gold Blue game set for April 23rd, which is the Saturday after Easter. But without further ado, let's get the head coach Neil Brown's thoughts on how day one of practice went. It was practice in helmets, so there's only so much you can glean, but he did update us on his standouts on day one. Starting with defense. So Dante and, and Taj Austin, I think, have had a, an exceptional offseason, and they're significantly stronger at the point of attack. And that showed today. I think it'll really show when we put pads on. Uh, Jalen Thornton. Um, Jalen Thornton played his best football game in the bowl game against Minnesota, and I thought he followed that up with a sound day-to-day. And then Lee Koba at, at Mike Linebacker, I'm really um, – I think he has a bright future. He he runs. Uh, we we needed speed at that at that spot. And uh, he did some nice things here um, in, in day one. Jared Bartlett looks different when, when you have a chance to see him on Thursday. Um, he's put on some significant weight. He's fundamentally – I thought he, he did some better things today. Lance Dixon, uh, my expectation is for Lance Dixon to make a huge jump. Um, going from year one to year two in the system, um, he's, had a, he's had a good offseason. And then Charles Woods. You know, I think Charles Woods can be as good as any corner in our, in our league. Um, he had a nice play today on a pick. Uh, offensively, two interior guys that that stood out. Uh, James Gemitter is – I think he is continuing. And we and, and I think this gets lost sometimes. You know, he's not he hasn't played the position very long. And he missed a lot of time there in 2020 during the COVID season. And he's – you know, he had a he had, he welcomed a second child, but before that, he probably had his best offseason here, and I thought he was really sound today. His footwork's getting better, his body position's better. And then Jordan White, a guy that we need to make a jump, and he's capable of doing that. Thought he had a nice day. And then running back, Tony Mathis is is continued to do really well. 
Um, thought he finished the season well last year. Uh, he had as good off season as anybody in our program, and he was good today. And then Justin Johnson, again, guy going from year one to year two, and you expect that. You know, I talked about Lance Dixon, um, first year guy. Justin Johnson, I think we could see the same kind of. He played well in the bowl game, and um, he looked really comfortable. Uh, Brian Palinde transfer. Uh, he's running with the ones because O'Laughlin's out right now. We brought him in to give us some help in the uh, in the run game and and be able to play in some twelve personnel and be able to relieve Mike when he gets tired. And he showed today what we've expected. He's going to be a guy that can help us. He made a couple nice plays in the past game even. And then receiver, uh, Bryce and Sam were really consistent. Um, high expectations for them as we move through the spring. And then Preston Fox made a bunch of plays today. So so Morgantown's own. He made a probably made as many catches today as anybody. Um, and then special teams, Austin Brinkman, a long snapper. You don't get to hear his name a lot. But he had a he had a really good day today, and then Casey Leg. We did a little challenge at the end, and he he made a kick there um, to save the guys from running. So that's the head coach Neil Brown from what's technically his first press conference of spring football, though he did have one earlier in March. We also got to chat with new offensive coordinator Graham Harrell, as well as defensive coordinator Jordan Leslie. They set the stage for spring ball, which again began Tuesday. So. We have a companion story on our website, goldenbluenation.com, with the six key storylines to follow regarding the Mountaineers as they progress through the spring and what's left of the offseason. What we'd like to do here today is dive in a little bit deeper into a couple of those very big and important storylines that are going to unfold before our eyes here over the next month in the lead up to the Gold Blue Spring Game. And Angelica, the two biggest ones that most fans are talking about online are on offense, new offensive coordinator, Who's going to be the starting quarterback? So let's start there. Where would you like to start? Okay, let's let's start first with the QB since that's more okay. fresh in terms of topic of conversation from head coach Neil Brown. Well, first, I thought something that was interesting from his pre-spring football practice um, press conference was him saying when it comes to choosing a quarterback, the the main thing that they're looking for in the starter is can he be a chameleon? Hmm. I thought that was pretty interesting that he used that type of term. And Graham Harrell went into a little more detail saying that, of course, there's a lot of things that they look for in these quarterbacks. um, And he kind of does have a little bit of a ranking. But right now, he said those things that he's looking for, all three of these guys possess, right? So they're not giving too much away of who they think it could possibly be. And the three guys, of course, we've got a pair of returners in Garrett Green and Goose Crowder. We really didn't get to see Goose. He redshirted last year. But if you remember, a lot of the guys on the team were high around what he was able to do on scout team, et cetera. And then, of course, Nico Markiel. We all know Nico and his pedigree coming here to West Virginia. But Coach Brown said they are not picking a starter this spring. It will not be right. – they will go through the spring season. And he said, if you ask me about quarterbacks, it's always going to be the same. We're waiting to the spring. But what I thought was interesting is him bringing up how they are going to use these guys in a practice setting in terms of how do you divide who gets what. So You're talking reps in, in terms of reps, yes. to get them how do that you, experience. Exactly. So instead of, oh, maybe this guy will practice with the ones, in terms of that, he said they're rotating it and they've picked it based on age. So today, okay. 
being Tuesday, the first spring practice, Garrett Green repped with the ones first. Then we go down by age, which which means Goose Crowder went with the twos, and of course Nico Markiel. But they don't keep them like that for the full practice. That's just how they will start their rotation. And then he said as well, so that means Wednesday, Goose will be the first to rep with the ones, then Nico, then Garrett. Then that means Thursday, we'll see Nico, Garrett, okay. Goose. If you're following along yeah. with the goal being they get standard. equal amount of reps, equal so amount of So he growth, said the, that they want equal amount of reps, but all of the reps are not going to be similar, mm-hmm. which I thought was inter- interesting because obviously different guys have different skill sets. And I think from the standpoint of, you know, for example, something Garrett might be good at, might be something where Nico lacks, et cetera, vice versa. So they're throwing different situations at different players, I sticks. believe, to see yeah. – how they can – we know overcoming adversity is a big thing Coach Brown wants to see from this team, I think, from that quarterback position as well. But as far as it th- goes with Graham Harrell, of course, the install with the offense, Coach Brown said the first three days of spring practice would be spent with the install of offense. Uh, defensively, they're kind of going to back off from that standpoint. I mean, obviously you have Jordan Leslie, those coaches there as well. But I'm, I'm anxious to see how these guys develop under Graham Harrell, not even from – a scheme, offensive standpoint, but just of his background and what he's been able to do with quarterbacks and develop them, um, I think that'll be really interesting to see because really these are three different guys with three different skill sets, three different builds. Um, So I'm going to be pretty anxious to see what he can do with uh, their different talents. What Harold told us earlier is that he's looking forward to molding each of these guys. They're young. They're all different, as you mentioned and, you know, of course, Harrell is a pretty good quarterback himself at Texas Tech, a record-setting quarterback under Mike Leach, where a lot of his coaching philosophy stems from. And, you know, the general pitch from Graham Harrell at this point is, to me, it sounds like simplification of the offense. Yeah. What he says is, let's find what we do really well and do that extremely well and maybe cut through some of the fat, so to speak, on some of the other offensive stuff that this team doesn't necessarily do very well. So that's going to be part of, of the spring is the implementation of Harold's philosophy into what the offense does. And he had also said that when this offense goes out, it expects to score every time that it hits the field. And just like you said, working on doing those little things well, finding what they're successful at, he said he thinks a lot of times where coaches and teams get bogged down is you kind of want to have those flash plays or you want to be able to do a lot of everything. With him, it's all about focusing on one thing, and that includes running the ball. He said running the ball is going to be a key piece of this team's success. We can talk about the running backs a little bit later as well. But if we talk about offense, maybe a good thing, at least for whoever this quarterback is going to be. And of course, you can make your different reasons for why each quarterback could potentially be the starter. But um, all of the offensive linemen come back and you've got guys like Zach Frazier, an All-American right. returning Wyatt there at Milam, center. Freshman Wyatt All-American. Milam, Doug Nestor, a guy, guys who... Um, now have kind of, you know, this extra time within the program. Spent a year here um, at least. Definitely. Learning the system. Definitely. We got the reps, these Spring right? Valley kids just. They're huge. You know, they're, <laughs> I mean, even the tight end, Corbin Page coming right. in. I mean, who knows? But uh, I think that's also a good sign for this offense, too, is you have a group of guys who are used to playing with each other. Because I think at the beginning of the year last year, that's where a lot of the problems stemmed with this West Virginia offense was they were rotating in the five guys up front. They couldn't really come on a solid lineup. And you had heard from the players themselves saying not knowing who we're going to play besides set, all of that had kind of impacted them. So I think that's also something 
to be talked about, too, with this offense is the familiarity that's now mm-hmm. going to be up there with the starting uh, guys up front. Okay, we're going to get into running backs, wide receivers. We'll get into defense and a little special teams. We know Neil Brown loves special teams here in just a little bit. Golden Blue Nation podcast. This is our spring football preview episode. But first, one last bow on the big storyline of the offense, quarterbacks. You had a story, GoldenBlueNation.com, uh, a couple of them, actually. One of them, Neil Brown, really high on Nico, the incoming freshman quarterback. Another one where Graham Harrell explains what he wants to see, mm-hmm. leadership, that sort of thing. Go- going back to what you said about it, being a chameleon, right? Was that the term that Neil Brown yeah. used? So, like, what, what does that mean? And 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 who who's gonna who do you think could maybe best establish themselves as a chameleon? Okay, so from how I understand of how he wants it to be, his term was whether they are sitting with the receivers in the weight room, they're at lunch at an elementary school meeting with a CEO, that person needs to be able to adapt to the environment that they're in. So Graham Harrell, breaking it down even farther, said that, Obviously, these are young guys in terms of age and playing time as well. Um, I mean, obviously, Garrett Green has the most familiarity with the program, but he has never been in a position that he could potentially be in now in terms of leadership. So Coach Harrell said the hardest thing to overcome is knowing that you're a young guy and now you have to hold teammates accountable as a quarterback. You have to have that leadership. You have to step up and lead by example. He had said that All of these guys kind of have that personality to where they can do that. And it's kind of been a battle in winter workouts of watching them assert themselves um, in these types of situations. But he had said that they all bring something different. Of course, we know Garrett Green brings the energy, right? Like Mm -hmm. we have just seen that time and time again. But their leadership styles are different. But the one thing that will set them apart is how do you lead with experience? So right now he said they're pretty even because they don't have that same experience. They will get the experience in the spring and it's whoever can make sure that when they go on the field, they up the play of everyone around them. So when it comes to being the chameleon that Coach Brown and Graham Harrell want this quarterback to be, when quarterback A steps on the field, then you should be able to see an elevated level of play in running backs, receivers, even people on the team. The guy that people want to do better because they know he's going to be out there and give it his all. So it's so about that, buy-in, right? Right, from, from exactly. Everybody. That is going to be the top thing that they look for in that terms of leadership. Um, another thing Coach Harrell is really big on is natural throwing ability. He said that's going to be another okay. big thing that he looks at, but he wasn't giving too much away in terms of what he thought in that category of them. But another thing that's interesting is he said a really big factor for him is going to be can can they not only have the buy-in, but do they represent the culture? Because he said if you don't represent the culture, it, your talent at that point doesn't matter because maybe your teammates aren't going to want to give you that, oh, we'll play extra hard for you because you're in because you don't represent the right thing. So. Uh, a lot of times, you know, I think you can just say, oh, well, who can go out there and throw it the, the best, right? But I think that West Virginia is taking not kind of a different approach, but I mean, you do have a different offensive coordinator in here who, like we said, he extremely knows what he's doing. He's learned from experience. The and best available that's, offensive coordinator. Right, and, and that's why I think it's going to take through the spring season because they are evaluating these guys on so many things. But the good things is – they have known these expectations since winter workouts, so they have been able to start to put that into play. And if these guys are already being able to lead just in a weight room sense, then it will be interesting to mm-hmm. see 
how they can do that when the pads are on, when the helmets are on, and they're out there with these teammates who maybe they haven't got to spend a lot of time with. So Coach Brown hasn't said, or he has said, that they're not going to name a quarterback at the end of the spring. And it's still possible they could dive into the transfer portal to get one. The, the goal of the spring is to make sure that these young quarterbacks get the reps they need, experience the growth, as much growth as they can. That's why, according to Brown, a quarterback was not brought in from the portal at this point because the right. growth should be about the future of the program in the spring. And eventually that's going to fall into the hands of at least one of those guys, Marchio, Green, Crowder. Correct. And he did, obviously, like you said, he did not rule out a transfer portal quarterback, but he had said, I guess right now that's probably the last resort. Right. They've got um, other places that is, they need immediate help as exactly. well. Exactly. And into. I think it's also important to remember, again, I'm not – saying of any but you know you go through and while we're talking about them not having game experience it's also important to remember that Nico was also straight out of high school as well mm -hmm. um that they really are all on the same playing field here so to speak um but I just feel a number of different things can really go into this but it's just interesting to know the other things that these coaches are looking for in a quarterback because like I said you know from an outside perspective you just think well isn't it the guy who plays the best well even Graham Harrell said sometimes the guy who plays the best might not be the best option for the team because he doesn't have that type of personality personality to elevate the level of play around him and that's something that he kept just repeating over and over listening to his interview was they have to make everybody around them play better that's their number one job all right, so let's move on to the targets for those guys, the reinforcements, so to speak, running backs, wide receivers on West Virginia's offense. Start with the running backs. Letty Brown's gone, sixth best rusher, sixth best career rusher in West Virginia history, nearly 3,000 career yards, back-to-back 1,000-yard -back seasons. What happens there, Angelica? I mean, they've brought in Lynn J. Dixon from Clemson, a guy that I'm really excited to see, yeah. a guy that has shown some flashes of promise and played on a national championship caliber team. Also hearing some great things about Jalen Anderson, yeah. who redshirted last year. And then, of course, we, we saw Tony Mathis last year came on strong at the end of the season. We saw Justin Johnson, who Coach Brown said was one of the only bright spots of the guaranteed rate bowl mm -hmm. for the Golden Blue. What do you think about that situation? So um, I when we talk about running backs, um, you know, love to my guy, Chad Scott, and the running backs. You know, we <laughs> love Coach crib. Scott. Exactly. Um that Coach Brown had brought up in Tuesday's press conference that he's not sure that they're going to have that Letty Brown guy in terms of, hey, this is the number one guy. He goes out there. I'm, I'm thinking it could be more of a running back by committee situation given the different skill sets. Now, I'm not saying that there's obviously not going to be a number one guy that we see primarily. I just think, you know, in different situations, we could see these different guys. I think one of the best things is Tony Mathis has had quite a few years to learn from Letty. And even before mm -hmm. Letty's departure, all during the season, even when Letty was that number one guy, he had nothing but glowing things to say about the improvements that Tony Mathis has made. I think the same thing for Justin Johnson, too, you bring up Jalen Anderson. I think the key is going to be you have a very talented core of running backs, and of course with Lynn J. Dixon as well, is who can do what in, cert in certain situations and really how can that work. Um, so I think we could see a number of guys from that aspect, but I mean, obviously Tony Mathis was the starter for the bowl game. Now, of course, that doesn't mean anything with other guys coming in and people here um, – 
in this program, but I think Justin Johnson as well had a year to learn from Letty Brown, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that while you aren't going to have that maybe marquee running back like you did years past as of right now, I think it is a good sign that we have seen, you know, growth development in some of the younger guys. And then, of course, Lynn, Lynn J. Dixon have had a chance to see what he could do for another team as well. So I think West Virginia is going to have great competition at the running back spot, and I think that's going to be another one that it's going to be really exciting to see how these guys train and how they develop. Because the biggest thing with Tony going from last year to the year before was how he changed his body, right? How is it going to look with some of these other guys? Could that play a part? I think that's going to be a battle that is going to be fun and exciting to watch throughout the spring. Last thought on offense. We already kind of touched on the offensive line. So let's go to wide receivers, Angelica. I guess a quick note on tight ends. Mike O, out for the spring. Coach Brown did say he's likely to be ready to go for the start of the regular season. So wide receivers, something that was interesting that Coach Brown brought up earlier this month is there has been a lot of turnover in that room, right? Right. No more Winston Wright. No more Sean Ryan. No more Isaiah Esdale. All three of that those guys hit the transfer portal in roughly the first month of the offseason. His philosophy on wide receivers, Coach Brown, by the way, being a former wide receiver himself, want to have 10 to 12 guys in that room, so you're basically three deep at each position. Well, in the transfer portal era, maybe that's not the case. Maybe you want to have fewer guys at wide receiver. Smaller numbers could lead to more production. So when you look at the roster right now, I think they've got 10 guys listed at wide receiver, but only four of them have caught 12 or more passes in their career. Those guys are Sam James, 144 catches, active leader on the roster. Bryce Ford Wheaton, 61 catches. Redshirt sophomore Reese Smith, 23 catches. Sophomore Caden Prather, who caught a dozen balls in his true freshman season last year, and a guy that maybe was underutilized last year because Wright, Ryan, Esdale were also getting touches, right? So there's going to be some, they, they may go to the portal again to bring in a wide receiver. There's a couple of junior college guys that are coming in. We heard Coach Brown allude uh, to that Tuesday. And by the way, if you want to hear Coach Brown's full remarks, you can at goldenbluenation.com. I guess I'm wondering, though, Angelica, this, is the, this isn't something that we're really going to learn in the spring. It's going to become apparent in the right. fall. Is West Virginia going to get more production from those smaller numbers? Because there are guys that are veterans now in James and Ford Wheaton, but can they elevate their game? And then the second thing is, how consistent can the younger guys be? Can Reese Smith, maybe he's never going to be as good as Winston Wright, but can he be a little bit more productive? Will they go to him more? And what's the ceiling for Prather? Because he seems like a guy that can be extremely good in the Big 12, but we don't, we haven't really seen enough of him yet yeah. to know how high that ceiling is. Well, that points me to something that Coach Brown said a couple weeks ago that he thought one of the one of the key things going back and looking at the season that he thought they could have done more of was use Reese Smith. He said mm-hmm. he thought that they did not use him enough. And the same thing with Caden. I mean, Caden, we got to see him a little bit more later in the season when Sean Ryan did go out with an injury. But man, fr- from the second that he went out there in that Kansas State game, um, I mean, he just really showed flashes of of what he could be for this receiving core and he is somebody who all of the coaches and even the other guys at his position so he and Bryce Ford Wheaton do have um, I don't want to say the best connection out of all of them but in terms of Bryce was assigned to be Caden's big brother entering when he came into the program so they have their familiarity with each other and Bryce was able to show him the ropes that if you have 
you know, heard any press conferences or listened to anything about Bryce, listened to Bryce speak, Bryce speak the past couple of seasons, the one thing he has touched on is he his mentality, right? That he needs to up his mentality. He needs to up his confidence for the season. So that is something he's been very open about, kind of that he's struggled with a little bit within this program. So that's one of the first things that he talked with Prather about was you're going to go through this, but don't let it in a sense consume you like I've let it consume me in, in a way. So I think that Caden has had, you know, help in in that aspect of somebody being like, hey, been there, done that, and it can really bog you down if you don't become mentally strong enough to overcome it. So I think having those guys like a Sam James, a Bryce Ford Wheaton, who have seen the highs of this program and have also been there to see all of the lows as well, um, help him from that aspect of things because we have seen with this receiving core when they aren't feeling confident what can happen. And I Mm -hmm. think that that's the expectation for guys like Sam James and Bryce is at this point, you've been in this program long enough. We're going to need you to find the confidence. We're going to need you to find that mentality because if not, these ha- this is going to spread right to some of these younger players. So I think that the ceiling is extremely high for Caden Prather. Reese Smith had some great grabs last year. Excited to see what he could do in a more increased role. And I think the key for Bryce and Sam is just kind of continue to build on like their soft, the sophomore seasons they had, right? When they were having a lot of success in this program, even though it might not have been doing well, but like their numbers specifically. So I think for those guys is go out and play like the veterans you are and help these young guys rise to the occasion offensively, especially when you add in the fact it's going to be a new quarterback. Those are going to be Two guys out there with the most experience on this entire offense, I think that they need they need to use that to their advantage, not just for themselves, but for the for the team. I want to see what Ree Smith can do oh, now absolutely. that Winston Wright is gone because he's hey, going wait, to have Pres- to elevate Preston his. Fox, who he brought up at the beginning, <laughs> true, right? Morgan Town Zone. Um, so yeah, I think you know, anxious to just see who we could see yep. from that standpoint. I, I spent some time in Danville when Danville, Kentucky, Coach Brown's mm-hmm. hometown, when he was first hired, and they were all talking about a kid who was breaking all of Neil Brown's records. That kid was Reese Smith. He ended up here. We've seen some flashes, but when you have Winston Wright, who's the team's leading receiver, and you're essentially his backup, you're obviously going to be limited, but that's no no longer the case. We'll continue to set the stage for spring football and highlight our key storylines in just a moment as we flip it to the other side of the ball, talk defense and special teams. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Unexpected hurdle? Pritt and Spano. Unseen circumstance? Pritt and Spano. Personal injury, criminal law, flash wills, family law. You need a firm that will be with you through it all. Pritt and Spano. Their passionate team will employ their resources and unique perspectives to deliver the most effective representation. When you find yourself in need, turn to those who will fight for you. Pritt and Spano. West Virginia's lawyers. Find them at yourwvlawfirm.com. Nick Farrell, Angelica Trenone with you. Golden Blue Nation podcast, spring football edition of the show. So let's talk defense, Angelica, and I guess we can go one layer at a time. We'll start up front where there's probably the most consistency there, the most returning guys, even though two of them, Akeem Mesador and Dante Stills, are going to be really limited or not practicing at all this spring. Akeem out with an injury. Dante Stills is likely going to be pretty limited as this is now, what, his fifth year with the program? Correct, He's yeah. going to be a fifth-year senior, so he'll be limited. And a linebacker as well, Axry Lowe, is going to miss the, yes. the spring as well. We'll talk linebacker in just a minute because I think that's really the most intriguing position group. On the defensive line, 
Coach Brown highlighted a couple of guys who could really benefit from a big spring. They're both West Virginia natives. One of them, Sean Martin. Mm-hmm. One of them is Zaki Lawton, the redshirt freshman who transferred in from Cincinnati. When you look at the uh, the defensive line, I should say, that is where West Virginia has been really, really good for the past couple of years and can continue to get better. Uh, I'm interested in seeing both Martin and Lawton and what they're going to be able to add to that mix. Because if you watch Sean Martin in high school, you know he's extremely good. He's maybe one strong spring away from contributing more than last season, just 16 16 tackles. Uh, And then Lawton was the second best recruit in his recruiting class, went to Cincinnati, redshirted. Now he's here, and maybe he's going to have an opportunity. Well, I think with Lawton, Coach Brown had said, you can see in him just how hungry he was from redshirting last season, now having the opportunity. He said he's grown in such a short amount of time just through winter workouts, and he's really gotten stronger. But if we're talking about you know, guys who could benefit, you've got to put Jalen Thornton in there as mm-hmm. well because he is somebody who last year Coach Leslie was like, we need him to come along. We're challenging him to come along. And I think Jalen kind of followed that path of every time he was asked to step up, he did his best, and he made those necessary improvements, right? So he was one of the guys who Coach Brown mentioned in terms of standouts at the position, and it's going to be a good opportunity for him with you know these starters having a limited spring to show he can also fill those gaps. He's been somebody who's been in the program a couple years. He's got an understanding. So from that standpoint of those three guys, I think it is going to be beneficial because we already know what Akeem Mesador can do. We already know what Dante Stills can do. And I mean, Taj, the way he's been able to come back from his injury and just perform. Good point. Didn't even bring him up, right? Exactly. He, he was really uh, solid last year. Yeah. And, you know, it's it kind of seems like those guys up front, you kind of can't ask for better leaders of the defense, even though they are different ages, they have all been through different things at their positions that they've been able to overcome and come out better for it. And like Coach Brown had said last year, they thought that they played Akeem maybe a little too much at times, that he was getting tired, but how can you – you just have to have him out there. He's the guy, like we talk about with the quarterbacks, when you have him out there, he elevates, elevates everybody's level of play. So – I think for these guys behind them, this is a great opportunity to show that, hey, we don't have to exhaust these three up front, right? We can go in. We can be valuable backups. We can rise to the occasion whenever it's counted on. And, you know, of course, Lawton is somebody everyone's looking forward to seeing. Same thing with Sean Martin. But I think this spring is a great chance for something to be done that wasn't last year, and that was defensive linemen to solidify themselves in backup roles. That's something that even as the year went on, Coach Leslie was challenging them with. And still, it seemed every week it was a different guy who maybe emerged in that situation, a Jordan Jefferson, um, as well there toward the end of the season. So I think this is a great opportunity to add depth at a already very strong veteran-led position. And, uh, you know, with this defense, we talk about the number of people who have either left, graduated from the program, newcomers coming in. I think if you can get that solid group up front behind your three starters, your yep. defense should be in a great place. Dante's out of eligibility after this season. Yep. Mesador's probably going pro pretty soon. I mean, maybe not at the end of this season, but the kid is a baller and and everyone knows about it. He's no longer the best kept secret on the right. defense. Uh, between those guys, by the way, Alston, Mesador, and Stills, 34 TFLs last year and 16 and a half sacks. Ton of production. Who else can get in the mix there. And, and the crazy thing is, you read off those numbers and you talk to 
each of those three guys and they will give you the same answer. We weren't satisfied. Yeah, not enough. So right. if if that if that is not being satisfied, I would like to see what this group can do, especially with some reinforcements this year, because we talk about, you know, there were times when we looked at those three guys up front and they were giving their all, but they were gassed, mm-hmm. especially toward the end of the year. So how much more production can you get out of those guys when you have valuable backups at your disposal. Okay, so defensive line, probably the most loaded position group. Definitely most loaded position group on defense. For sure. Maybe on the entire roster. Some other position battles, though, are going to take place on the defense. At Bandit, Vandarius Cowan, transfer portal. So that leaves Jared Bartlett to take on Linnell Carr. That's what we're told is the position battle there at Bandit. Uh, Of course, Bartlett had a really strong performance in the win over Virginia Tech when he had three sacks. At linebacker, also intriguing, Josh chandler Samito in the transfer portal. So where does West Virginia go from there? Well, Lance Dixon, the transfer, his played his first season at West Virginia last year, uh, was banged up a little bit. Yeah. So we didn't really see the full Lance Dixon, and, and also because Josh chandler Samito was the team's leading tackler, right. so he didn't spend a lot of time on the bench. Uh, in addition to that, we're hearing a lot about another newcomer, First-year transfer in Lee Koba, believe it's pronounced Koba, who started his career at Syracuse, spent some time at East Mississippi Community College, and is now getting another shot at D1 Power Five level with West Virginia. What are you hearing about those two guys, and how do you how do you feel about that linebacking core? If those are your two starters come fall. So first, I want to start with the with the newcomer um, with. Lee Pogba. Pogba. Koba. Koba. Oh, because yeah, we, we make the jokes Pogba. about Pogba. Right. So- yeah. By the way, Paul Pogba, greatest midfielder on earth if you follow soccer, of course. So, right. yeah, now you got me confused. But with Former Lee- World Cup winner with France 2018, just saying. Great. So with Lee Koba, he was one of the guys who today Coach Brown said he obviously has high expectations for him, but the one thing for him is his speed. He said mm-hmm. his speed is something we really need at the position. But going back to Coach Brown talking a couple weeks ago, what st- stood out to me was every time he talked about him, he had he said having the opportunity to make a couple stops along the way before getting to West Virginia, he said he has become humbled, which has led him to become even more hungry heading mm-hmm. into this season. So – High expectations for him, but same thing can be said whenever it comes to Lance Dixon. You talk about not being able to really see him, you know, in everything he could be last year due to injury. But Coach Brown had said, again, he is someone who has taken advantage of winter workouts. He is someone who, because of the injury, has, you know, had some time to sit back and reflect and know just how important it is to take care of your body. So that's something he really did in the winter. He talked about changes with his body as well and that he thinks now having one year in this West Virginia system is only going to be beneficial for him. So I think these are two guys who have a bright future. And again, if you want any competition at any place, right? You want two guys competing who are, you know, playing at a high level, can play at a high level for this team. I think you have that in both of them. And it it will just be interesting to see since we haven't, we've really got to see maybe the same amount from both of them. Like you said, we only got to see a little bit of Lance Dixon last year. So just to see how they develop over the spring is going to definitely be something to keep an eye on because that linebacker spot has been, you know, the core for this West Virginia yep. team. We talk about Josh Chandler Sumito. You had Tony Fields in there as well. I'll David even go Long back a couple. That. I was just going to bring yep. David up as well, but that has been kind of the position for West Virginia to where you find your guy, you build around it. 
Now it's shifted, obviously, and now it kind of seems like building around those defensive linemen, but I still think great options there for these guys to emerge as that Tony Fields, as that Josh Chandler, and have the ability to burst on the scene and show why they were brought here to West Virginia in the first place. So you stole my note. Coach Brown has multiple times in the last two meetings with him uh, this month has referred to Lance Dixon as a guy with, quote, all-league opportunity and could be the next guy in that line of all-league honorees for West Virginia at the linebacker position. Chandler Samito, Tony Fields was absolutely outstanding in his one-year year. And look at what David Long's been doing for the Titans. Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, he's been terrific, right? And so uh, West Virginia has had production from that position. Dixon, a quick glance here, ranked third among linebackers in tackles last season. x Low had 38, and then Chandler Samito was the only Mountaineer over 100 tackles. But I think feeling pretty good about that position group, despite the fact that JCS said, I'm coming back. I'm not coming back. I'm coming back. Okay, bye. Right. I agree. And I think, I know we kind of brought him up at the beginning and we were focusing more on just the linebackers, but at the bandit position, I think Jarrett Bartlett is going to have a more improved year because, and I feel like I keep saying this, but it is something that Coach Brown brought up about just how much some of these guys have changed their body during winter workouts, right? He said, when you see Jared Thursday, it's going to, Jared Thursday, it's going to be apparent. Wait, which is funny because I already thought that dude was a beast. Before. Well, that's what I thought yeah. too. I was like, I think he's pretty big, but he had his flashes last year. And again, you talk about another guy who has overcome a lot of things to get to where he is personally and, mm-hmm. and won the game from the game standpoint that Knowing just how much it means to him and knowing just really what he's playing for, he had told us last year his mentality on how he prepares for the game has completely changed, and we saw that really start to pay off for him. So I'm anxious to see what an offseason, a winter, the spring, can do for Jared because at this standpoint, he has shown us, like Coach Brown said, it's not about the flashy plays. Jared has shown he's capable of the flashy plays, but is he consistent of making the consistent plays that may not be always the intention grabbers? Um, I think yes. And I believe that, again, having a chance to to work behind these three defensive linemen up front, I think Jared Bartlett is due for a good season there at the position. And I think that his, his improvements are going to be apparent during the spring. All right. Next level of the defense is the secondary. And this one's tough. So let's rattle off the guys who are in the transfer portal. We'll try to do them from most recent to least recent. Nick Troy Fortune was last week. I believe. Daryl Porter and Jackie Matthews also early in the offseason. Am I missing anybody? Was it just those three in the transfer portal? Scotty Young. Thank you. So I am missing anybody else. Oh, well, of course, Alonzo Adai and Sean Sean Mahone, Mahone, but they graduated. Correct. But that's six guys who saw regular time. Several of them were starters who are no longer there. The only guy with returning starting experience would be Charles Charles Woods. Woods. And so that means that West Virginia is going to have to play with a lot of youth there. And so there's going to be a lot of opportunities for guys in the spring. But Coach Brown also noted in this most recent press conference on Tuesday, they're going to go to the portal and they're probably going to get two guys. Right. And that was going to be the plan before Nick Troy left. And it's still the plan. I think Charles, well, he said Charles had a good play for a pick on the first day of spring practice. Right. Encouraging right there to see. And we saw that he's really solid. I mean, he he played some really good football last Tra- year. He was someone who, if you want to talk about, you know, showing that you earned a position last mm-hmm. year, that was absolutely 
Charles Woods. And while it does hurt to lose these playmakers that West Virginia is losing in its secondary, I think one of the main losses is when you take away Sean Mahone and Alonzo Adai from a leadership perspective. If you always go, if you go to defenses in years past, we talk about having that Mike linebacker there, but this West Virginia defense has always had veterans in its secondary, and that's always been a reason it's been able to find success when it's had to play younger guys. Last year was a prime example. Younger players went in as well, but they felt they could put in those one or two young guys because Sean Mahone and Alonzo Adai were, were there to be able to help them and also be aware that, hey, I have a younger guy in front of me. Maybe I do have to be more aware of my surroundings, right? So while it is talent that West Virginia loses there, I'm not saying that. I think that where West Virginia is really going to have its most struggles in the secondary is they're not going to have that veteran player back there that they're used to. And you can say whatever you want for talent, but there's just one thing that you can't teach in its experience. Defensive front's going to be really strong on this team come the fall, assuming everybody stays in place and they continue to build on it with maybe a couple of more additions. Secondary is a major question mark. Sounds like we're protecting Dante Stills at all costs by keeping him limited (laughs) in the spring. We've got Akeem protected by getting him there with with the uh, his injury, which Coach Brown has said is something that he sustained in the bowl game. Immediately went and had surgery. But I mean, you know, when you look at those guys, they've been through a spring. You know what you're going to get with them. But I think that hopefully, hopefully, that leadership and those veterans up front will be enough to help instill one of the same. Because just because you're a younger guy or you're a transfer into this program doesn't mean you can't be a good leader. I mean, again, we bring up Tony Fields. He was here for one year, and he kind of commanded everybody's attention on that defense. So I think that's going to be a big thing for West Virginia is while, you know, it's kind of been those three up front with, you know, you had Darius Stills in there, but, I mean, Akeem played as a young player. Dante played as a young player. Now right. It's an opportunity. That, It's just kind of flipped. You always had that veteran leadership in the back end and maybe just one on the line. And I think now West Virginia is really going to be challenged with corner safety, finding those guys who are a reliable leader whenever the game comes down. Obviously, to me, Charles Woods seems like a guy who is ready to rise to the occasion, um, which is great that West Virginia does have that piece, but it can't be the only piece. Coach Brown said they want to get one addition at linebacker and two pieces in the secondary. So hopefully, um, you know, whenever that time does come for West Virginia, it can bring that experience and that leadership that I think this team is really going to be searching for in the back end. Guys to watch in the secondary as spring progresses. We've heard Davis Mallinger, player who brings some speed. Uh, Naeem Muhammad was referenced mm-hmm. today as another guy who brings some speed, and that's what Coach Brown wants from the secondary. Speed, got to get faster, got to get faster. A uh, guy that we're not going to see this spring, St. McLeod, uh, Coach Brown confirmed that he will miss the spring. Uh, another one, just for the name, Hershey McLeod. Oh, right? my on. guy Hershey. He And Coach Brown even said, talent aside, he's got to have one of the best names. Come on, right? yeah, from Jones County Junior College. He's a redshirt yeah. sophomore, and yeah, that is, that, that's a tough name to beat. That is a tough name to beat. Yeah. Well, you know, just a point to bring up is while there is, you know, unknowns circling in in more of the defense with this team, um, not only is that a great opportunity for guys to solidify themselves, but 
just because there are unknowns doesn't always it's not always a bad thing right we don't know what some of these juco guys what some of these transfer guys what some of these young guys we don't know what they can do until they're put in a position to where really it's you either do it or we have no choice but to move on right um so i think isn't that the point of the spring too just to reiterate that fact same with the quarterback position battle uh that that's the point they want to see where they are with these guys before they go to the portal that way they know what they need to get right if if they don't get the production from the guys in the secondary then they need to go find a guy who can start immediately right and that's the point of this spring it seems like that's that's the approach that coach brown and his staff are taking let's see what we've got let's see how much they can grow let's see who's ready and if not now we know what we got to do. Right. I mean, you come to a Power 5 school. You come to play in the Big 12 Conference. This is your opportunity to show you can play here, you belong here, and that mm-hmm. you can help this team win here, right? That's the main goal is for this West Virginia team to get victories. So I think this is a great opportunity for guys who are newcomers to the program, who have maybe been in this program, to step up and assert themselves. And that's really what this team needs because, again, in the situation West Virginia is in, if you aren't willing to do the work immediately and you aren't showing the improvement immediately, we're going to have to get someone else. So I think nothing really lights a fire under somebody quite like knowing, I mean, this your job is on the line. You get mm-hmm. X amount of opportunities, and if you're having your bad days and you don't bring it then, then d- doesn't matter. We're, we're moving on. And we have seen that work in occasion. Sometimes we've seen young guys who have went in and we're like, oh, you bring up Saint. Last year, Saint went in a couple games, and it was like, oh, we're... Kind of got thrust into the lineup late, right? Yeah, and even though he did, he still went out and he still made some big plays for this team. So I think as long as West Virginia has those guys who are willing to do the work, then hopefully come fall, this secondary, this defense, this team will be in a much better place than it is as we currently sit here and talk about it on day one of spring practice. All right, so let's get a final thought then here. Golden Blue Nation podcast, Nick Farrell and Angelica Trenone. By the way, if you'd like to hear more from day one of spring practice from Coach Brown, you can go to goldenbluenation.com and watch his complete press conference. Uh, Special teams, can you tell us what's happening there? Special teams, we've got Oliver Straw, our Australian punter, sure do. Um, you know, Coach Brown had said obviously he's not used to playing um, college football. He's only ever played in Australia, so they are kind of slowing things down, simplifying it as much as possible for him. But I think the biggest change that we're going to see, you know, we still we still got our guy Casey the leg. We still got Casey the leg. Legatron. But when it comes to the returners, you know, that was one of the things, too. You lose Winston Wright, you lose your main return guy. Well, Coach Brown said that he believed in the return game, they came out of the blocks hot but kind of faded off by the end of the year. So they're going to take an approach in terms of putting guys with bigger bodies back in that position. So this is a good opportunity for those running backs who maybe you don't get to be number one, number two on that list. You can still help this team by being on special teams. So he had said that Lynn J. Dixon, um, Jalen Anderson, Justin Johnson, and even Sam James are going to be who is getting the reps when it comes to kick return as far as punt return. Sam James was in there in the bowl game late into the season. Coach Brown said that obviously was not by accident. That was by a choice leading up to this season. So you put Sam James there along with Davis Mallinger, who he believes his speed can come into account there at that position. So I think West Virginia's return game, we know, definitely needed um, a little bolstering here in the offseason. And I think that maybe trying this different approach with guys – who are at the running back position looking to earn their playing time, what better way to do that 
than to have success on special teams because we know special teams is such a focus of this program. And if you can't cut it on special teams, that could hinder your opportunities elsewhere if you're not willing to put forth that same effort on special teams, right? So I think this is a great opportunity for those guys. And I'll be interested to see um, with the Lynn J. Dixon, Dixons, Jalen John, Jalen Andersons, and Justin Johnsons to see what those running backs can do there. Um, a lot of J's, a lot of J's. Yeah, a lot of but Jalen's can... too, or at least multiple Jalen's. We went from having like 16 people named Brown affiliated oh, with gosh, this program yeah. to... And then we had the Jarrett's, the Jarrett's, the mm-hmm. J- Garrett's. Yeah, Jarrett, Garrett, Jarrett, Jarrett, Jarrett. Just yep. they don't ever, they, but they, they give us Hershey. They say fine. <laughs> they say fine. We'll give you Hershey. But I guess I'm excited to go out and watch this first practice. Because... It is the first time that we've gotten to see a practice in yeah. a while, right? I mean, there were COVID restrictions and stuff. Things have been limited. I guess we got to see them during a training camp last year. Would have been the yeah, most Yeah, well, recent. the last practice that I would have seen would have been from this practice at the bowl game. And I mean, I think oh, we all enough. know this right. team yep. looks completely different. But I think that that's another exciting thing about this year is for the amount of, hey, West Virginia – needs to change in order to win well whether it be the changes that you wanted the changes you hope for I think right now this team has no choice but to change in terms of personnel and everything that they have there in the golden blue so I'm interested to see what this offseason can be I know there's obviously a lot of question marks from people outside of the program obviously question marks from those inside as well what a great time to see those question marks maybe become some exclamation points. Who knows? Did you like where I went with that? But again, uh, spring is a great time to see what this team has right now. There's a lot of, we don't know what this team has. So I'm anxious to see, okay, you've told us this in a press conference. We've put it down on paper. We're all here. We have the notes. Now these are guys who you've told us to be out, to be on the lookout for. Let's see. So I'm anxious to see if they can fit that expectation. Coach Brown always says spring ball is his favorite time of year, and it's sure here. Sure is. And it all culminates April 23rd with the Gold Blue Spring Game at Milan Pushkar Stadium. That's a 1 o'clock start. There will be a Mountaineer Game Day live special before the Gold Blue Spring Game at noon on your local Next Star station. We'll have more details about that when we get a little bit closer to the spring scrimmage. Angelica, thanks. It's good to do this. I'm excited now. I'm excited. You know, I would... Love not a 9 a.m. practice as someone who well, would like to sleep yeah. in. But hey, that's why I'm not competing, yeah, right? Man, that's why I'm just rain. here on the podcast. It's going to rain Thursday, too. It rains we'll every every year for yep. spring, so yep. that's how you know. But at but least it's not snow. Why'd you say it? Well, okay. Knock on wood. Thank you. Uh, that's a wrap on this edition of the Golden Blue Nation podcast. We'll bring you periodic updates on the spring on, on spring ball for the Mountaineers here in the podcast and at goldenbluenation.com. You can also download the free Golden Blue Nation app on your favorite Apple or Android smart device and keep our reporting with you wherever you go. For our Mountaineer football insider, I, for our Mountaineer football insider, Angelica Trinone, one heck of an ending. I'm Nick Farrell. This has been the Golden Blue Nation podcast brought to you by Print and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawfirm.com.